0: hey everybody welcome to dropping the gloves i hope you're all doing well thank you for joining us we are the official podcast of HockeyFights.com. tim's here tim what's going on my man what's up john welcome to my house just chomping on bacon so i show up to the door this is delightful aromas billowing out from underneath and tim made some bacon just a nice pan of bacon what was the what was the reasoning behind the bacon tim
1: uh, it was breakfast, and I was hungry. So. Just
0: only bacon breakfast? Well, that's all I had time for. Okay. What are you going to do when I leave? Take a shower and start working. No more food? Just all bacon? No. Wait till lunch. A little tip. It's great. Cast iron skillet. Cook your bacon like you did. Fry an egg in there with the bacon grease afterwards. Ugh. Fry two or three. Delicious. <laughs> it's honestly, you don't need any butter. Well, cast iron, you don't need But anyways, bacon eggs, put some toast in the toaster, you
1: got yourself a meal. Clogged arteries. Whatever. Go for a run. Anyways, how you doing? You are doing good? I'm doing great. It's been a lot of fun watching the Twitterverse this week. What News breaking like every couple hours.
0: It's been, well, the first one that I think we should talk about, that everyone's talking about, that just, we knew Zach Parisi was going to be bought out, right? It, the writing was on the wall. You were healthy scratching this guy during the playoffs. During, during the year, he wasn't as effective. The... The two sides were obviously, you know, there was no way they were going to meet up to a conclusion. So he was going to be bought out. I know. Tell the story, Tim, because you just told me this. I saw the buyout. I saw the, you know, the contract, how this is going to affect their cap in years, you know, coming up. But the actual behind the scenes of how this happened, I think it's hilarious.
1: Yeah. So there are multiple reports that Suter was apparently blindsided by this news. Like, I think everyone saw Parisi coming, but Suter did not think this is this was on the cards for him. Um, and apparently he was with Parisi when they got called. So this is a quote from uh, Mike Russo's story, who was apparently the guy in Minnesota. Yep. Um, so <laughs> this is the, the little excerpt here. Suter tried to lift Parisi's spirits. He even told him it was funny enough he had a missed call from Garen. That's when Garen suddenly called again. The veteran defenseman answered and was blindsided with the exact same news that he, too, was being bought out for the final four years of his contract. That call with Garen wasn't as lengthy or as friendly. Suter, never ever envisioning that the Wild would actually buy out both contracts at the same time, hung up on the GM. That is
0: shocking. Like, uh, if you don't expect, and not that the GM owes a player anything, you know, that this is a business relationship. There's no friendships or anything, but if you're a GM of a team and you have a player who is suitors one of the top guys of their team. You know, he he's probably in the leadership council. I think he was an A for the past few years. You this is this is a bad look for the Minnesota Wild. The fact that they're doing this, the fact that this is getting aired publicly. This is the type of thing that puts a second, you know, a second thought in guys' minds of like do I want to sign in Minnesota? if their GM is willing to just throw their star players under the bus without giving them a heads up, because guys do year-end meetings. You do year-end meetings. This should have been hashed out in the year-end meetings like, hey, Ryan, we're potentially thinking about buying you out. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Like just just a warning. Nothing. I guarantee his year-end meetings was, you know, we played well. We almost beat Vegas. You played good, blah, blah, blah. Have a good offseason. We're going to see you in training camp. Everything's great. That was it. And then he gets a call from Billy Guerin a month later saying, you're being bought out, which isn't ins- – like, I get it. They got a sign in off. They need some money. This is – it's huge news because when you look at the numbers, they gain some relief in the first year and the second year. Then they just get hammered, hammered on the cap for the next six years. Like, this, this does not help them at all. What is it? They They gain – $10 million this year, $2 million the next year. Then they just get absolutely hammered where they lose $1.7, 1. $1.7, 1. $1.7, 1. 7, 1. 7, and they're paying out $14, 14 $12, 12000000 million. And it's, it's you know, it had to be done. Billy Garren needs that money to sign some of the guys because have had a surprisingly good year. He's obviously, we talked about it last episode, being pretty stubborn about his contract dispute. He's not budging, so he, he has to show him the money. Jerry Maguire. But... I don't know. What do you think about the two buyouts? It's huge news. It's absolutely massive news in the hockey atmosphere. You're getting these two guys who are still valuable. What's your initial thoughts? What do you think, Tim? <laughs>
1: I want to know. It's funny that, um, that they both signed these massive deals on the same day, and then they both get bought out the same day. Like They're going to be linked together for throughout hockey history now. Um, and, yeah, it took me by surprise. Suter especially, because he's still a good player, and he can still log those minutes. So I think he's the one that – People are kind of like, okay, they're they're looking like, all right, this is a guy that we want to get on our team now. Like Pretty much any team would want him um, for the right price, obviously. And that's kind of the, the fun part is speculation of where he might land. Yeah, this is
0: – when you look at it from the expansion draft perspective, when you look at it from Billy Garen trying to figure out who to protect where this team is moving going forward, this is a smart move by Minnesota. I don't like the way he went about it. He should have maybe – told, and like I said, he doesn't owe him anything. He's the GM. He doesn't have to answer any of these players. He should have maybe given him a heads up, but when you look at it from just, okay, we have to protect players, they now can keep Matt Dumba because that was the big thing where it's like, okay, we have Spurgeon. We're going to protect him. We have Suter. We have to protect him because there's no move clause. What are we going to do with Matt Dumba. I don't know what's happening. Now they can protect Matt Dumba. They can protect all their forwards. They're not going to side Capri. They don't have to protect Kaprizov. He's still, you know, under that loophole contract thing where you get him from overseas. So they're looking pretty good. They're probably going to expose Rask. He makes $5 million. Will a team pick him up? Does Seattle even want him? I don't know. They might take Susie or somebody else, but it makes sense. Now they're, gonna, they're not losing Dumpa, which was the big thing. They were going to try to move him before the expansion draft. That was going to be tricky. So it, it works for Billy Garen. Are these guys valuable? Does Zach Parise go somewhere and make a difference on a team? You love your veterans, Tim. You love your veteran acquisitions. Is he the top veteran acquisition now on a contending team does he reunite with Lou Lamorello on the island the guy he came up with with the New Jersey Devils they both love each other they they have the same kind of mindset of how hockey should be played very disciplined very structured working hard never giving an inch not too flashy that's how the Devils used to play that's how Zach Parise likes to play where do you see him going is he that big of an impact I don't know do you care anymore about the veterans Tim
1: I do, but I don't think Perise is an impact player anymore. Wow, just totally flipping the script on the vets. Well, I don't know. Like, think about like what Toronto did and and the Islanders, like all these veteran acquisitions. I just don't. Parise is like at best a third line role player now, um, who, who maybe plays some power play in the right situation. But even then, I don't know. He's he's just not producing anymore. I agree. He's thirty seven years old. He's a little long in the tooth. Best case scenario,
0: you get him. Like you said, he's a third liner. Most likely case scenario, he's a fourth liner. You play him 10 minutes. He's a good player. Play him on the power play a little bit. Play him on the penalty kill a little bit. He's a role player. He's been around. He's played in the Olympics. He's a good player. But, you know, you're going to sign him for the minimum. You're going to sign him for 900 grand. That's the thing because he's still making millions of dollars from Minnesota for the next six, four years or whatever it may be. So it's not like he's going to be hurting for a contract. This is the benefit of a guy who was bought out where – you just signed for league minimum because you're already getting paid by Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see where these guys end up. I don't think it is as impactful, like you said, with Parise. is going to be the ticket. It's very rare where you get a defenseman with his type of experience. His type, he is so calm on the ice. Every time I watch him, every time I've played against him, nothing seems to rattle him. Nothing seems to fluster him. He just, whenever you, you zoom in on him on, on the camera, he's just so... Not even that he's uninterested. He's just, when him and Weber came up in Nashville, I was like, these guys are so good. And he got overshadowed by Weber very often, but he was so incredibly good. He doesn't put up insane amounts of points, but he's too he's productive. Two years ago, we had 48 points. Last year, he had almost 20 and 50-some games. So he, he's pretty serviceable in the offensive end. He's super responsible on the defensive end. He makes a good first pass, which is what you need from a defenseman. I know what you're going to say. I don't even want to hear it. Where does he go and the team can't start with B? Where does he go, Tim? Where do you, where do you see a nice landing spot for him?
1: Oh, the team can't start with B, huh? I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard to predict only because I think every team's going to want him. Yeah. You know, like I saw like a, a tweet yesterday about Detroit getting him, have him play with Moritz Sider and like, have, have him learn from him for a year or two. Obviously, I wanted the Boston Bruins to get him. I think he's perfect for that top pairing with McAvoy. Because um, he can log those heavy minutes, please, responsible, like you said, and allow Charlie to flourish offensively, which is, I think, what, he, what that next step would, for him would be. But honestly, any team would want him.
0: You know where he's going to go, I'm telling you right now, and no one's even going to think about it until it happens. He's going to go to the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: No. Yes. He has
0: made his money, he's signed his $100 million contract, he's still making money from Minnesota, he wants a cup. He's good friends with Ryan McDonough. They're both Minnesota boys. They skate together in the summer. I know this for a fact. He will go to Tampa Bay for the league minimum, and it's just going to be another juggernaut in Tampa Bay. I'm telling you right now, Tampa Bay is going to be the new Golden State. They're going to be the new New England Patriots or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where guys just want to win a cup, and they know they have the core. They know they have the experience, and they're going to go there, and they're going to win the cup. That's – and you can – Done. Unless a team comes out and throws some decent money at him, which I don't see, think is going to happen because, like we talk about all the time, teams are very tight against the cap. He's going to Tampa Bay. It makes too much sense. He wants to win a cup. He's entering, what, his 15th season? He's been around the block. He's made a boatload of money. You just had his thing up. I bet you he's made over $100 million. Money is not an object for him at this point. He wants to win. He was playing at home in Minnesota, so we already experienced that. Minnesota kicked him to the curb. Why would you go somewhere and and help a young defenseman? Why would you go somewhere and rebuild a team? Why would you go somewhere where it's like, well, these guys could win the cup this year? I'm going to a team that has won back-to-back Cups. They have the best goal in the league. They have the best player in the league. They have the best defenseman in the league, Hedman, Kucherov, Vasilevsky. Why would you not do that? It, doesn't, it There's no reason why you shouldn't. He's going to Tampa Bay. You put it in the bank. It's, it's done. You're you, right. It, it makes so much sense, right?
1: He's made $104 million.
0: He's made a ton of money. Like, a ton. He, he he doesn't need any more. He would go and play there for free if he knew he would win the Stanley Cup. Hey, I don't know. that It makes too much sense for me for that not to happen.
1: Okay, but couldn't he also – I mean, Tampa's the best team, obviously, but, like, does, does he look at, like, Vegas or Colorado or those teams like, hey, I'll take a chance with any of them, whoever will have me, whoever can make that work? Because I think any of those teams can win the Cup next year. You're right.
0: But if you're picking between suitors, because they're all – no pun intended, suitors for suitor <laughs> – and you're looking at okay Colorado they've fizzled in the playoffs the last few years they didn't have Ryan Suter they've never had Ryan Suter Vegas very strong team couldn't get by Montreal we've never had Ryan Suter <laughs> Tampa Bay has won the cup they won it the first year without Steven Stamkos they won it this last year with Stamkos and completely ran through the whole competition now you're getting Ryan Suter you still have Vedman you still have Ruta you still have McDonough you still have Surgachev and you're getting a Ryan Suter you're going to lose David Savard. He's gone. Yep. That's. It's not a bad situation if I'm Ryan Suter. I am calling Tampa Bay. I'm not waiting for them to call me. I'm telling my agent. I'm saying, call Julian Brisebois. Let's make it work. And then we're going to go into Minnesota. I'm going to shove it up there behind. And I'm going to win a cup. And I'm going to have a parade right in front of the Excel Center. And then that's, that's that. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it It's going to be a Phil Kessel type thing Where Toronto gets rid of him Go eating hot dogs Blah 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 He's going to get the cup He's going to be eating hot dogs with the cup He's going to have a parade right in front of the ACC It's fantastic It makes too much sense It's got to happen I don't care where Parise goes He's not going to move the needle from anybody He's probably going to go to the Islanders He needs to go to Tampa Bay Tim he needs to go to Tampa Bay.
1: I think he will. I think you've convinced me.
0: I think I have. I think I've convinced myself. But I, I put a lot of thought in this. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. They need a defenseman. And he's just, he's going to, if he signs over, the only way this doesn't happen, like I said, if another team was like, hey, we'll give you $5 million, which someone, I don't someone see that will. I don't, know, th- I don't think it'll happen. Philadelphia? I don't think they're that dumb. Chuck Fletcher, I remembered his name now. I didn't remember last episode. Fletcher won't do that. He's very stingy with his money. He he knows where Philadelphia is at in their development. They, they don't need a Ryan Suter. They, they need a complete rebuild in Philadelphia. They need to start over. They got to trade Voracek. He's not happy there. I feel bad for Claude Giroux, even though he ripped, me, ripped my soul to shreds. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Hey, he's put Scott a, out there. He's an unbelievable player, but... That's where he's going. All right. What other news happened? Well, to, or you want to keep on this? Before we move on, okay.
1: Minnesota, what do they do with this cap that they just relieved themselves of? They have a lot of space now to make a move. Well, there's a lot of high-end
0: guys out there who could be attainable through trade. You mentioned, we, we talk, for the, for the listeners who don't know this, me and Tim talk quite a bit. Who, did you, who do you think they should go after now? Jack Eichel. You think that is an option? Why wouldn't it be? Do do you think they have the kind of package that Buffalo would like?
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't have their, their prospect system in front of me. But. It's the
0: only issue with Minnesota. They've been – when you're a good team for a long time, which Minnesota has been, they don't have the the prospect pool – that an Anaheim has, or a New York Rangers have, or an L.A. Kings have, where they've been pretty bad for a few years, and they've been had the luxury of drafting these really high-end young players who they now can use as potential trade assets. So Minnesota, they don't really have much.
1: All right, I'm. Gonna, you're gonna shut this down. I'm gonna say it anyway. Would you trade Kaprizov's rights for Eichel? Would that be part of the package?
0: No, no, because it's 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 a lateral move. I don't think Eichel is that much better than Kaprizov. And I you? don't think. Kaprizov
1: would sign in Buffalo so
0: nobody in their right (laughs) mind I with all due respect to Buffalo at this point in their franchise development wherever they're at nobody in their right mind now who wants to win is going to sign in Buffalo they they are trending downward in such a drastic fashion they are they have less odds to win the Stanley Cup than the Seattle Kraken
1: it's the same I think bless is it i don't know it's probably the
0: same i think it's the same it, it, it's and seattle only has one player signed one <laughs> so that's that says a lot when you're you're thought of that low by vegas where you're they're you're not even on their radar they're picking a team that has one player and has never played a game it's it's not a good look for buffalo it, it really is not so Buffalo needs to figure out what they're going to do with Eichel. Then they're if if they trade him, they got to trade Reinhardt. They did. It's so sad because they have good players. They just for I don't know. I don't want to talk about Buffalo and get on the negative train. Let's talk about something positive. There was another big trade. Yes. Break it down, Tim. Give it to me.
1: Duncan Keith was traded to the Oilers. Dunksy boy. Where he's from, right? He's from that area. He's from the Western Canadian era. yeah. Area because part of the deal was his eight-year-old sons out there.
0: Canmore, Camloops, I think. Yeah,
1: Um, for Caleb Jones and a conditional third-round pick. Caleb Jones is a good young defenseman. I think he's twenty-four. Not like a a superstar by any means, but like one of their better young defensemen and someone that they were trying to make part of their defensive core for years. Crazy part is there was no salary retained. Duncan Keith is thirty seven years old. He has two more years at five and a half or five point two five. This seems like we talked about it the other day, like the Oilers should have had all the leverage in this deal, like a take it or leave it thing. And they didn't. And and in their press conference the other day they said that basically if they wanted the the Blackhawks to retain some salary, they would have had to like up the offer, which just seems crazy to me.
0: It's a it's a terrible acquisition by Edmonton.
1: And, and it's nothing to do with a player. Like he's a good player, he's going to help them, but that and all that will matter is is that money and that deal they gave up. Like that's always going to be known for. You can be a lot of pressure.
0: So let's look at the optics of this trade. You have a player who's a Hall of Famer, Duncan Keith. We do the Hall or Not segment. First ballot Hall of Famer, without question. He demands a trade. Rightfully so. And he says, "I want to go to Western Canada. That's where I want to go." You know, I have a no-move clause. Those are the only teams I'll I'll allow you to trade me to. Okay, so I'm not a big guy on geography. There's only three teams in Western Canada, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. Vancouver can't do it. They, They have no room at all. So that leaves me two teams. If I'm Edmonton, I'm licking my chops because I know I have all the leverage in this deal. Okay, he makes five and a half. I'm going to Chicago. I'm saying, okay, you don't want to eat any cap because you want to contend. You give us Duncan Keith and his salary and you have to throw in a draft pick and then I'll give you Caleb Jones. It, uh, it boggles my mind that Edmonton gave up what they gave up for Duncan Keith. It, uh, it, even giving up Caleb Jones is too much. What did we say last episode? They should give him like a fifth rounder if they're going to eat all the salary. I don't know how this works. I don't know why this happened. This is Edmonton trading for a player who is good but maybe the GM Ken Holland is, you know, reminiscing about the Duncan Keith from the Olympics cuz I think Holland was a part of that crew and he knows him personally and he's like he's going to he's going to change the team. Duncan's not going to like I like Duncan Keith. I was on his team for 2 years. He's a heck of a worker. He's a he's got an unbelievable work ethic. He's a good player. It's a bad move. It's a bad move for Edmonton.
1: I saw a great tweet that was... Because everyone's talking about, like, okay, he's going to bring that championship pedigree, teach the young guys, McDavid, how to yeah. to win. And uh, so someone was like, McDavid's going to ask Duncan Keith what it takes to win a cup, and Duncan Keith's going to say back, effective salary cap management.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is... This is salary cap suicide. Yeah. It honestly is. You're... And was... Was the back end Edmonton's problem this year?
1: It didn't help, but they need a secondary scoring.
0: Arguably, Edmonton's problem this year was not the defense was their strong suit. They played well in the playoffs. You know, this wasn't an issue that they had to address like this. And you could probably get a gosh. I don't like talking about you could get a good defenseman for five and a half million right now in this market. Well, like a really, really good defenseman.
1: And don't forget that, like, people kept saying that, like, okay, this isn't the Oilers' year. That's why they didn't make a trade at the deadline. That's why they didn't go, they didn't go all in. And that money, this money, the salary cap money they were talking about, was like what they wanted. To, okay, now we're going to make our move. And then this is what they did with it. It's got to be frustrating. I'm for shaking
0: them. my head. I'm from Edmonton. I was born there.
1: I have relatives there.
0: I want them to be good. And every time they have an opportunity to. To make a, a difference-making move, they just do something like this, where it's like, why are you doing this? Why?
1: The one redeeming thing I saw a um, report yesterday that if he might retire after this year, so if they if he helps him go on a long run, they're not going to win. But if they if they can win like a couple of rounds in the playoffs and get McDavid to like the cup, the semifinals, right, just to see what that's like, and then he retires and is off the books for most of that contract. And it looks like a pretty solid deal.
0: If you're banking on a retirement strategy from a player, <laughs> that's not a good, you know. Fall. Uh, cross our fingers. He re- he's in amazing shape. You met him. He doesn't put anything in his body that he doesn't like. Think is going to benefit him. Like he is so locked in on his just nutrition. There's no chance he retires. He's on the Tom Brady track where he's like, I'm going to play it on 42.
1: He did say too that um, he plays best when he's challenged, and like when he when he has to rise to the occasion. That's what he sees here, and that's what he wants to do. So,
0: what name? Me, one player who wouldn't say that. I play best, Jeff Skinner, but he wouldn't say that. You know, every player is gonna be like, "Oh, I, I play great when you know I'm backed up against the wall." Yeah, I, but, but I I'm gonna pr- produce when I'm just. He's a word you're course, doubting though. me. He means it. Uh, those comments and quotes are complete. Just. They don't mean anything to me.
1: You know what's crazy, though? What? Kays, uh, Kane and Taze are the only guys left from a cup team in Chicago, which the last one was 2015.
0: That's seven years ago. It's not that crazy.
1: It is, though. Like that, I don't know. They had so many good players come through that team, and now there's only – and the two best ones are the only ones left. Salary cap problems. Well, I guess Brent Seabrook is still he there. He retired. But he,
0: technically, he's still getting paid by them a little. Like He's yeah. still on their books. Is he? So yeah. when you retire, your, your contract just doesn't go away.
1: Speaking of, uh, Pekka Rinne retired. Yeah. Um, we had a great tweet from a guy. Uh, his name is like Blue's Shirt or something like that uh, on Twitter. Nice. I wanted to give him a shootout. Nice, sh- Shout nice out. shootout. <laughs> um, how does a retiring work as a player? Like, how do you? How do you handle it? How do you tell the team, especially if you're still under contract, because you could tell them and they could trade you or something like that, right? Like, how exactly does that work? No,
0: they can't. Because you, you sign paperwork once you
1: retire. But do you give them a heads up or do, you, or do you do it very formally? Say like, hey, here's my paperwork. I'm retiring.
0: I have no idea. I was forced into retire. Well, I didn't, <laughs> wasn't forced into it, but I retired not when I was with the team. I was a free agent. But I imagine if you're under contract, you you know do the polite thing. Because they could just sign the paperwork with the NHL and be like, I'm retired because that team still owns your rights but you, you know, make that decision to retire. So it is what it is, but you you couldn't go to a team and be like I retire, I'm going to retire in a month and then they just trade you and then all of a sudden you retire. That that would that trade would be rescinded, that team would get fined and whatever, but it's it's not that complicated of Kind of a thing, but you do have to sign paperwork saying you're retired. I'm not coming back. If you are signed with the team, if you're a free agent, you don't have to sign any paperwork. You just say you're retired, because it affects things with the salary cap, like you said, with being able to be traded, with your health insurance. You know, the players we have good health insurance through the league. It it affects all of that stuff. There's a lot of things that you know have to go into place. So your your pension stuff like that. So I don't know. Pekka Rene, he he's such a strange player where he was so good for so long and then I don't know what ha- Do, here's my question. We just mentioned the hall or not. Does he make the Hall of Fame Pecker Rene?
1: Um I would say no, but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a a clear-cut no chance like you were saying yesterday when we were texting.
0: It's a clear-cut no. I don't know how you can even like He's tall. I, I like that about him. He's six six. He had some pretty good seasons. Did he ever win a Vesna?
1: He did win a Vesna in twenty eighteen. He's a four time. In twenty
0: eighteen, host- yeah. Wow, pretty, pretty recent. I, I would have guessed twenty thirteen.
1: That's funny. I'm looking at his, his his career. He never played in the Olympics. Well, how could that be? Well, because where is he from? Finland.
0: Finland to Sweden. Uh, Finland. Finland. Who are the goalies for Finland? No idea. I was gonna say it There's was no Henrik Lundqvist. Right? Well, I'm guessing there there must have been. Do a little digging, Tim, and we'll figure out who the Finnish goalies were in the last Olympics. Mika Kiprasov, That's that's not his time. I don't know, but I don't think he's a Hall of Fame worthy goaltender. He had some good seasons. It is what it is. All right, pull up. This is exciting stuff here. Mika <laughs> Koivu, Nylander, England, Enstrom. That's defense. We're scrolling. This is second defensive pairing. We're really slowing down here. <laughs> Extra goaltenders. Tuka. Tuca ras and anti niemi Okay, so that's why. But to not how even make it.
1: He must have been hurt or something. Those Tuca's probably better than Renee, but the other two aren't. And Renee they were parts of his career where he's, a, he's the best finished goaltender in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Let's not let's not dive too deep into it. He's not a Hall of Fame guy. He's had a good career. I, I enjoyed playing against him. I think he was on the all star game when i played against nashville in nashville oh i don't know i don't care all right what else are we going to talk about today tim let's move on i don't want to get too he he was there when he He was was, i thought he was we beat him he stinks okay
1: so uh it's also the rumor time of year and the biggest one obviously is seth jones besides jack eichel maybe but um elliot friedman reported yesterday that he thinks that a seth jones deal for the blackhawks starts with quote unquote starts with doc kirby doc and involves a combination of Mitchell, a pick, and either DeBrinckit or Boquist. Thoughts?
0: <laughs> well, it's asinine. It, it, it's it's insane, isn't it? Is it me? Or is that GM just scuttling his chances of trading Seth Jones? Or is he just like shooting for the stars and maybe someone like, oh, okay, Seth Jones is this good. Doc, I wouldn't even do Doc for Jones one up. I wouldn't even do that. Would you do Doc for Jones right now if you're Chicago, if you're Stan Bowman? one no. One for one.
1: No, because they're not close to winning a cup. And Doc is 22-year-old stud.
0: Yes. Well, he, I, not a stud yet. But he, he has the makings of being a very, very, very good player. Would you do Seth Jones for Dabrinkit? One and one. Uh, no. That one's a maybe for me. Potentially. We know what Dabrinkit can do. Very exciting, dynamic player. But he's puts up some serious I had him in fantasy this year. Won me my league. He's like a point per game guy now. He's he's a legit star.
1: He's one of the best goal scorers in the league.
0: Why? Uh, he, he's a good player. He is. He's not one of the best in the league. You you're blowing smoke where you shouldn't blow smoke. He had
1: 32 in 52 games this year. That would be like 45 in an 82 games. But that's
0: not one of the best in the league. I would say
1: 45 goals is not one of the best in the league.
0: No. What? How? What's your range? Two years ago, we
1: had 41 goals.
0: What's your range for best in the league? Like top five or top ten?
1: I mean, if if you asked me to name the five best goal scorers in the league, he wouldn't be on it. But there, in the last couple not, of years, you just your in the question. last couple of years, he's been one of the best. You five just goals answered
0: in your question. I my if if we were in court, the judge would be like. <laughs> but in
1: the last few years, he's been in the top five in goal scoring. That's my point. I, I just, so like I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean, you
0: listeners. do You see what I have to deal with. He romances uh. me with bacon, then he just tries to pull it fast. Anyways, I wouldn't do. I might do it for Jones. The fact that this GM is offering this trade to the Chicago Black, there's no way they're gonna trade Seth Jones as if this is the, if this is the asking price. Two legitimate NHL stars. Well, one legitimate, one in the making, and then a draft pick. For Seth Jones, who is not even locked up past this term, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't. This is a bad look for the the Columbus GM. It makes me think like, okay, if he's asking this much, this much for Jones, are we really getting the full story with Panarin and Bobrovsky a few years back when he's like, we're going to hold on to him? And, you know, we're going to make our playoff run. Or was he just offering insane deals to teams that wanted to trade for them? And he's just like, teams are just shaking their head like, no. what? What's the purpose of this? Why are you sending me this contract? It doesn't make sense. And Seth Jones is a good player. He's not like – he's not that good. Like, there's only a few players in the league that I would even think about trading if I'm Chicago, if I'm giving up to Brinkett
1: and – Doc. Doc and don't forget Boquist. He's a good young defenseman. Well, man. they
0: weren't including all three. No, right? but it was some Boquist combination. To brink it. It, it, it's insane to me. Like there's, I could probably count on one hand if I lost two fingers the amount of guys who I would trade. I would do it for Kucherov. I would do it for McDavid.
1: Um, Dreisaitl.
0: I would do it for Dreisaitl, and maybe it, like McKinnon.
1: Pasternak.
0: Pasternak. Now I'm growing fingers back, but yeah, there's not a lot of players that I would do it for. Yeah. And that that probably is it. Maybe a Victor Headman, not maybe not even a Matthews. Victor Hedman, probably. Like he's he's a pretty. But they, it's a short short list, and it's a who's who of superstars of the NHL. Like guys who are on the cover of video games. Like it's not, it's not a Seth Jones. You know what I mean? It, it's. I don't know if he's drinking his own Kool Aid where he thinks Seth Jones is like the cat's meow. He's not the cat's meow. You know. He's not the cat's pajamas. I don't know. What, what's going on, Tim? Look at, tell me, talk to me. I don't know. I
1: I don't know. He's got one more year at five and a half. And he's a good player. He's 26 is entering his prime as a defenseman who tend to bloom later anyway. But, like, he's not putting up elite numbers. The last couple of years, and I know it's short in season, but 28, 30, he had 46 and 75 in 2018, 19. He had a good year the year before in 57, but that was four years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... He's not putting up insane numbers that it's like, okay, this is, this is like our Eric Carlson in his prime. This is John Carlson when he was putting up 70 points. This is Mike Green. You know, it's just like he's, he's not putting up the big numbers.
0: I think it's a case of his, his reputation has been blown up where now people are digging into his stats. And now what people are falling back on is, well, he doesn't, he doesn't pass the statistical test, but he passes the eye test. Yep. He definitely passes that test. S- I watch him and he's so good.
1: I wonder if like so many teams are calling about Seth Jones because he's a good player. A lot of teams want him, but that's just inflating his perceived value from their GM. Like, oh, he's going to be worth a lot more.
0: No, without a doubt. It's just like that in the housing market. If if there's a house on the market and 100 people go for a showing, you feel the pressure. It's like, I need a house. I better ask for more than the offer. So you go way above the listing. That's what's happening to Seth Jones. There's not a lot of good defensemen on on the market. He's one of them. Oh, boy, like there's 10, 11 teams that need a defenseman. I better offer something pretty sweet or I'm going to miss out and I'm not going to have a defenseman. And then my season is just not it's, – it's gone to the whatever.
1: All things being even, would you rather have um, Jones or Dougie Hamilton?
0: Uh, I, I, they're very similar. I I'd th- probably take a Dougie.
1: I like Jones. I don't think either of them are a number one on a cup-winning team. No, I agree.
0: Uh, no, I think they could be. I think they could be. It it depends on who the number two, three, four are. Yeah. But they could be a number one. I I think they're both very good defensemen. I think they can, you know, make an impact. But, you know, the way you got to – you can't give up that much if you want to be a contender. How is Chicago benefiting from this trade if they give up those two guys? You're moving backwards. You're not moving forwards. Well, we have talked about
1: how hard it is to get that stud defenseman, though, under contract for term. Like, there's not that many in the league.
0: Yep. He's not under contract. This this is I'm guessing coming with the intention of signing him to a long term deal, maybe a sign and trade, whatever it may be. But it's just it's ridiculous. It does it's not even worth talking about anymore because it's never going to happen. Yeah, it, it's so just unlikely to happen. This GM needs to shake his head. Maybe he's just hoping that they'll take it and they're desperate and they need to make something happen. They need a defenseman in a bad way. Whatever he makes the same amount as Duncan Keith. Maybe it's like hey, you know one for one. But anyways my old friend Pierre Maguire he's moving on he's not working for NBC anymore his between the glass analytics his useless stats about how many PIMs a player got when he was roommates in college uh, his sophomore year in Saskatoon. It's just insane stats. He's moved on to the Ottawa Senators. He's going to be vice president of scouting. He's got some... Player weird, development. That's It's just a strange title. He's reporting directly to the owner. You know, he's going right over Dorian's head. He's going to... you Him and Eugene are buddies. It's a, it's a weird setup that they're bringing on Pierre Maguire. He was an assistant coach. He was a coach. He had some... He won a Stanley Cup... You know, as an assistant coach, he he has been around hockey. People most know him for his annoying tidbits. I don't want to say annoying. Very interesting tidbits that he brings to the game. He's good at his job. He's eccentric. He's very, you know, he's out there. I like the guy. I've talked to him, you know. It, wh- why? What does he bring to your franchise? Like, yes, he's he's he has a very good memory. <laughs> what? I don't understand this if you're Ottawa. Is it just something to distract people from your team or what? I don't know. I don't understand this. It's not like he has a a title on the team that's going to be impactful. He's the VP of player development. Player development is such an obscure thing that you don't really know what it means. Usually when a team wants to hire a player who has played for them, they just – he's in player development. He's in player development. What does that mean? Is he going to be on the ice teaching players things? You think Pierre Maguire is going to be on the ice with the AHL team? teaching them tricks you know backhand forehand take a pass off your skate how do you know use your hips did no he's not gonna, what does that mean player development when what does it mean to you tim what is player development
1: i don't know other than i know he's got some coaching experience like helping the younger guys through maybe he's a good like internal scout like hey this is a guy that's been really stepping up in the hl like let's give him a shot but but you have guys already to do that you know what i mean so it's just i don't know I, it's hard to take him seriously. He's, he's almost become like a caricature of a hockey personality. He's know what like I mean? Mike
0: Milbury, where it's not like he's been, you know, grinding the scouting highways and for the last ten years. He doesn't have connections. He's been Mister TV guy for the decade and a half. I don't get it. Good for Pierre. He's getting. He wants to be a GM. That's his end game. He want, He's interviewed for a bunch of teams the last handful of years. He hasn't obviously gotten any jobs, but he wants to be a GM. So maybe this is his idea. Okay, I'm in with the franchise. I like this team. Maybe I can take Dorian's job eventually if the team scuttles or whatever. And I can, you know, take, jump in there and take his job. I don't know what his reasoning is, but it seemed like he had a pretty cushy gig at NBC. He's probably making a boatload of money. He's got a passion for hockey. Good for him. But it just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the end game here is if I'm Ottawa. I don't know what this brings to my team other than we have Pierre Maguire. And if we ever, ever, ever have a hockey trivia night with the teams around the league, I'm going to crush every single team. Because this guy, if you're going into hockey trivia night at Buffalo Wild Wings, you bring Pierre Maguire and you're going to come out with the trophy. I guarantee you. The guy knows everything. He knows more about myself than I know about myself. That is a fact. I guarantee you He can tell me my stats from Michigan Tech, and I have no clue what they are. <laughs> guarantee, Tim. He oh. knows your stats. <laughs> yeah. From whatever St. Club, club Hockey. Yeah, he knows your stats. Uh Tim Brigger he, he had four goals, three assists. Broke his leg. Love it.
1: Scored one goal each year. Did you really? Yeah.
0: I mean, consistent. Something to say for that, consistency
1: what else we got Tim what else that's it I mean we're kind of monitoring the Twitter waves and it seems like like we said new news is breaking like left and right but nothing out this morning so
0: very good everybody well thank you for joining us I'm guessing we'll have some more stuff happening during the week, like we talked about last episode, there's so much going on. The buyout window, the
1: expansion draft. the Players are being draft, exposed. Players Eric are Johnson being exposed. has waved his no-movement clause. Eric
0: Johnson exposed himself. <laughs> it's very exciting Matt stuff. Duchenne Matt Duchene Matt unprotected. Duchenne, he's exposing himself. There's a lot of exposing going on. I love it. I love it. I want to see more of it. When NHL players expose themselves, it makes everything more exciting. That being said, I want to be here on friday tim i'm going to come in we're going to do another great podcast we'll talk to you guys then big guest tomorrow oh shoot forgot about the guest who is it again david backus david backus very excited we're going to talk to him come check that out lots of exciting stuff happening here follow us at dropping the gloves on twitter right tim
1: that's right twitter and instagram dropping underscore gloves give us a follow
0: love love that and give us a five-star rating wherever you listening to this podcast from all right everybody thank you for listening cheers thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with john scott a member of the nation network of podcasts subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode